Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Today in Science from Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. Meet their newest trading platform, Thinkorswim Web. It has all the essential tools and strategies in a streamlined interface, no download necessary. Thinkorswim Web. Trading streamlined. Visit tdameritrade.com slash thinkorswimweb to get started. A global data effort probes whether COVID causes diabetes. Dozens of case reports have hinted that the coronavirus might trigger the onset of diabetes in people with no history of the disease. By Megan Molteni. From the outset of the pandemic, data coming out of early coronavirus hotspots like China, Italy, and New York City foretold that certain groups of people would be more vulnerable to COVID-19. The disease hit older people and people with underlying medical conditions the hardest. As early as February, diabetes had emerged as one of the conditions associated with the highest risk. In one large study out of China, people with diabetes were more than three times more likely to die of COVID-19 than the overall population. But that's not what brought four diabetes experts from Australia and the United Kingdom onto a Zoom call back in April. They were supposed to just be catching up, a virtual tea among friends. But talks soon turned to something strange that they'd been seeing in their own hospitals and hearing about through the grapevine. The weird thing was that people were showing up in COVID-19 wards after having tested positive for the virus with lots of sugar in their blood. These were people with no known history of diabetes, but you wouldn't know it from their lab results. After that call, the experts reached out to colleagues in other countries to see if they'd seen or heard of similar cases. They had. Acute viral infections of all sorts can stress the body, causing blood sugar levels to rise. So that in itself wasn't unusual, says Francesco Rubino, a bariatric surgeon and diabetes researcher at King's College in London, who was on the first Zoom call. What we were seeing and hearing was a little bit different. Doctors around the world had described to him strange situations in which COVID-19 patients were showing symptoms of diabetes that didn't fit the typical two-flavor manifestation of the disease. In most people with type 1 diabetes, their immune cells suddenly turn traitorous, destroying the cells in the pancreas that produce insulin, the hormone that allows glucose to exit the bloodstream and enter cells. People with type 2 diabetes have a different problem. Their body slowly becomes resistant to the insulin it does produce. 
Rubino and his colleagues were seeing blended features of both types showing up spontaneously in people who'd recently been diagnosed with COVID-19. That was the first clinical puzzle, he says. For clues to an explanation, Rubino and his colleagues looked to ACE2, the protein receptor that SARS-CoV-2 uses to invade human cells. It appears in the airways, yes, but also in other organs involved in controlling blood sugar, including the gut. Doctors in China discovered copies of the coronavirus in the poop of their COVID-19 patients. And the meta-analysis found that gastrointestinal symptoms plague one out of ten COVID-19 sufferers. In the last few decades, scientists have discovered that the gut is not the passive digestive organ once thought. It actually is a major endocrine player, responsible for producing hormone signals that talk to the pancreas, telling it to make more insulin, and to the brain, ordering it to make its owner stop eating. If the coronavirus is messing with these signals, that could provide a biological basis for why COVID-19 would be associated with different forms of diabetes, including hybrid and previously unknown manifestations of the disease. Rubino is one of a growing number of researchers who think that the relationship between the coronavirus and diabetes is actually a two-way street. Having diabetes doesn't just tip the odds toward contracting a worse case of COVID-19. In some people, the virus might actually trigger the onset of diabetes and the potential for a lifetime of having to manage it. Take, for example, three men who showed up at a hospital in the northern part of India, weak, feverish, and without any history of diabetes. They all tested positive for SARS-CoV-2, and when their blood work came back, they all had dangerously high buildups of glucose and ketones, which the body produces when it doesn't have enough insulin to break down sugar. The official term for the potential deadly complication is diabetic ketoacidosis, and it is usually seen in children with type 1 diabetes. Mohamed Shafi Kuche, an endocrinologist who consulted on the cases, told Wired via email that he and the other doctors assigned to the cases assumed the viruses had somehow knocked out these patients' insulin-making cells, giving them type 1 diabetes. And so the doctors put the men on a regimen of insulin injections. But as the months went by, they needed the injections less and less. They were shifted to oral anti-diabetic drugs and have been managing like this for more than two months now. That means the patients have type 2 diabetes, Shafi Kuche wrote. Whatever damage the virus caused to these patients' insulin-secreting cells appears to be transient. More monitoring will be necessary to determine if their type 2 diabetes diagnosis is short-lived as well. Will other patients also find that their blood sugar problems go away when their infection resolves? Or will COVID-19 cause diabetes for life? None of those questions could be addressed with just the anecdotal case reports that were coming out, says Rubino. That's why he and an international group of scientists decided to act on their hunch and establish a global repository for tracking information about the coronavirus-related diabetes. The COVID-Diab Registry allows doctors around the world to upload anonymized data about COVID-19 patients with abnormal blood sugar levels who have no prior history of diabetes. That includes the basics like age, sex, past medical history, and details of the person's disease progression. Do they wind up in the ICU or on a ventilator? But the registry also asks doctors to catalog which medications they're administering, on the off chance that it's not the coronavirus infection that's triggering the diabetes, but an unknown side effect of something used to treat it. The goal of this information-gathering effort is to grok the scale and scope of the problem, as well as potential solutions. How often is COVID-19 associated with new-onset diabetes? And what flavor, type 1, type 2, or a new form of the disease? What exactly causes the metabolic malfunction? 
How long do such cases of diabetes last, and what are the best ways to treat them? It might be a while before there's enough data to answer questions about prevalence and mechanism, but Rubino thinks they could have information about what kinds of diabetes most frequently develop in COVID-19 patients and what might predispose people to this particular coronavirus complication by the end of the year. This is not the first registry to track the overlap between people with COVID-19 and other conditions. Similar data pooling efforts spun up early this year for people with inflammatory bowel disease, chronic liver disease, and rheumatoid disorders, among others. Eric Topol, a leading cardiologist at the Scripps Research Translational Institute, has advocated for a similar approach to tracking heart complications of COVID-19. The Diabetes Database launched in June, and since then, more than 275 physicians have requested access to share data about at least one patient who meets the criteria. Vetting each physician contributor takes time, and after that, registry organizers have to set up data-sharing agreements that comply with Europe's strict data protection laws. But so far, dozens of cases have been uploaded. And what's clear, says Rubino, is that this is not just an anecdotal problem. From what we've seen so far, COVID-19-related diabetes will not be a prevalent issue that affects the majority of people, he says. But now we know it's a possibility, even if not a common one. That's important for people to know, because diabetes can be easily managed as long as it's recognized. Be aware, not alarmed, says Rubino. If you've recently been diagnosed with COVID-19 and notice that you're having to pee more often than usual, or are continuing to feel fatigued after you've recovered from other symptoms like fever, coughing, and loss of smell, that could be a good reason to ask your doctor about getting a blood test. Provided they find funding to keep it going, Rubino and his colleagues hope to keep the registry running for years. That would allow them to investigate whether COVID-associated diabetes is a fleeting condition that passes when the infection clears or a long-term diagnosis. It could also capture situations in which the infection doesn't cause diabetes immediately, but causes enough damage to tissues involved in metabolism that it heightens a person's risk of developing the disease later. We're looking at a possible legacy effect of COVID-19, says Rubino. With the registry, we hope to be able to look into the future, not just the present. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.